This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and today I am talking to Alan Palmer, MD of Interactives and author of Talk Lean, Shorter Meetings, Quicker Results, Better Relations. Alan, thanks for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Now, as somebody who does a lot of internet marketing stuff and works for a company that has a big internet marketing sort of department, if you like, I know that meetings are incredibly important. We all have to do them. And you've written this fantastic book. Tell us how the book got written. What was the inspiration? Um, well, it goes back um, about 10 years ago. I came across a remarkable man in France called, called Philippe de la Poyat. Now, Philippe's someone who, for a long time, had been getting very frustrated by the the emphasis in most management and sales training programs about, about meetings and things on, on manipulating the other person or on trying to psychoanalyze them. And he found such approaches as, as well as being somewhat morally questionable. Um, he also found them difficult to apply and while sometimes effective for producing results, ineffective for building relationships because surprise, surprise, the person or people opposite you in a meeting don't actually like being manipulated or covertly psychoanalyzed. So Philippe decided to try and come up with something more effective, more workable. And to do so, he devoted a huge amount of time to observing and analyzing the behaviors and attitudes in meetings and conversations, which not only get results, but which also build high-quality, long-lasting relationships. And, and I think this was his, his type of genius. He distilled the results of his observations down into a very simple framework which anyone can understand and, and which, at the end of the day, fits on a single page. And a couple of years ago, after I'd been running seminars in France for Philippe for, for a few years, I decided to bring what we call the, the interactive discipline across the channel. And I also decided that what I needed to do to get this very effective approach talked about was to write a book. And luckily, Philippe and his colleagues were, were very supportive and they gave me a lot of help. And I was also lucky enough uh, very quickly to find a major publisher in, in Capstone who finally believed in the project and the result is Talkline, which came out at the end of November. So what, in your opinion, defines an efficient meeting, Alan? Um, well, for us, there are, there are three criteria um, for an efficient meeting. An efficient meeting is one which, which, first of all, it produces concrete results which are, are measurable and observable at the end of the meeting, and not, not results which, you, which you're going to measure or observe next week, next month, next year, or whatever, results that are measurable at the end of the meeting. Uh, secondly, an efficient meeting is one which produces those concrete results whilst also enhancing or, at the very minimum, maintaining the relationship between the participants. And thirdly, it's a meeting which produces those results as quickly as possible, i.e., with an efficient return on the on the time and energy invested by the by the participants. You mentioned being an efficient communicator while sort of maintaining a good relationship. Tell us about that. Tell us how that balance works. Well, clearly, you know, it's never enough just to obtain a result in a meeting, even if you do so quickly and efficiently. Because if the other person in any way dislikes the way you went about getting your result, then you're unlikely to obtain a result from them ever again in the future. You know, and today. Most business, it's not about getting one-off results. It's about building successful long-term relationships with, with your colleagues, your bosses, your subordinates, your clients, your, your suppliers, with, with you know, everybody you come across in business. And, and the key to doing that 
is simply to speak to other people in the way in which other people most appreciate being spoken to. And it turns out that that human beings, whatever their age, sex, function, management level, even whatever their culture or nationality, like to be spoken to in a way which is, on the one hand, clear, direct, straight to the point, concise and concrete, as long as, on the other hand, it's also polite, courteous, respectful and empathetic. Now, I can, I can say that with a, a lot of confidence because over the last 20 years or so, our company has asked that question, how do you like to be spoken to, mm. to something like 60,000 people all, all around the world in you know, different functions, companies, um, etc. And, and the answers are always the same. Clear and direct on the one hand, polite and courteous on the other. But at the same time, there's a huge paradox going on here because although people uh, can identify very quickly how they as human beings like to be spoken to and therefore, by extension, how other members of the human race might also like to be spoken to, uh, very few people are capable of doing those two things at the same time. Most people think that they have to make a choice, that they can either be direct, but then they're going to be brutally direct, or that they can be polite, but if they're polite, then they'll necessarily uh, end up going all around the houses. Um, But if you can be both entirely candid and entirely courteous, then evidently not only will you generate enormous trust, respect, and confidence in the meeting, but you'll also achieve results very quickly and efficiently. So everything we do at uh, Interactives, everything that's in the book, Talk Lean, is simply to expose and practice principles in a framework which will allow anyone to be always direct but always polite. So be polite and courteous at all times, but be to the point as well. It sounds like a good summation of that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's very simple to get your head around that. It's, it's more difficult to do, which is, uh, which is why, why I wrote a 200-page book on how to do it. Now, can you give us, uh, let's say, three top tips for meetings that are efficient, you know, both in terms of the results and the impact on the relationship? Well, I, I can certainly try to do that. Um, I think, first of all, an absolutely fundamental principle in a, in a meeting is that you won't have an efficient meeting and you won't gain the trust of the other person if you don't state right at the beginning of the meeting what it is that you want to obtain from the other person at the end of the meeting. Um, but there's an analogy which, which I think is very pertinent and which I use in, in, in Talk Lean, and that's the analogy of a production line in a factory. Um, just like a production line, a meeting exists to produce a concrete finished product. And you wouldn't start up a production line without a very clear, clear definition of the, of the parameters of a finished product which you want to kind of drop neatly onto the pallet at the, at the end of the production line. Because, because if you don't define the parameters of the, of the finished product, you can be absolutely certain that the production line won't be efficient and probably won't produce what it is that you want to produce. Mm. And, and exactly that principle should be applied to a meeting. And yet every day, all around the world, millions of meetings take place without a clear, concrete objective, which is measurable at the end of the meeting and which is announced and agreed on at the beginning of the meeting. So can you give us a sort of uh, a concrete example of a measurable objective and, and how you announce it at the beginning of a meeting? Let me take a, a simple example, which, which I use in the book. And in this example, the chief executive of an advertising agency has to announce to a client that for unavoidable but legitimate reasons, the star account director with whom the client has an excellent relationship is coming off the account. Mm. That, that's, that's clearly a very hard thing to announce. Um, and because the CEO will probably be very worried about the client's reaction, he's likely to approach the subject obliquely. 
you know, he, he won't want to be direct and straight to the point, or rather he won't know how to do so without also being abrupt. So, you know, typically he might start the meeting with the client, let's call her Jill, by saying something like, Bill, I'm, I'm delighted to see you. Um, now, I just wanted to take this opportunity to have a bit of a catch-up chat with you and to float a couple of ideas past you about some changes we were thinking of making on the account to ensure that we continue to service your business in the best possible way. Uh, now, as well as being full of lies, an opening like that, which is far from being atypical, it completely fails to define any kind of goal for the meeting. Mm. Now, you know, probably a CEO who starts a meeting like that, he may not actually have thought about a clear goal for the meeting other than announcing the news, which is you know, clearly not in itself a goal. Or even if he has thought about his goal, then he, he's decided to keep it to himself. And in either case, um, he's severely limiting his chances of having a productive meeting. If he'd, uh, if he'd read Talk Clean or if he'd come on a, an interactive seminar, I hope instead that he'd feel able to say something along the lines of, Jill, I have something very difficult and uncomfortable to announce to you today, and I've made a conscious decision to get it right out on the table. I'm afraid that for reasons which I'll explain fully to you in a minute, we have no choice but to transition Simon off your account within the next couple of months. Now, I've been thinking long and hard about the best person to replace him, and I have a very able candidate to recommend. And I'm also thinking about a handover plan to ensure that there's no disruption to your business. And what I'm hoping for by the, by the end of our meeting today is, first of all, that you endorse my choice of replacement, and second, that we agree on a workable and effective handover plan. That feels so different. Well, I, well, I hope so, because you know, what, what's happened is that within... 30, 35 seconds at the start of the meeting, the CEO has announced two very clear, measurable goals which will give him real satisfaction if, if he achieves them. Mm. You know, suddenly this, this meeting has, a, has an objective, it has a goal. It's not just a, a, a catch-up chat or, or whatever. Um, he's been direct, he's been straight to the point, um, he's got bad news to announce, but he's done so in a way which is likely to earn the, the trust and the esteem of his client. Now, you know, one of the things which my colleague Philip did was to develop a very simple and effective structure for, for opening meetings, a, a simple way of, of being able to announce a difficult objective um, in a way that, that isn't blunt. Uh, and it's important to emphasize that, that it is a structure. It's, it's not a script. There's, there's many different ways in which you, could, you, can, um, you, can, you can fill in that structure, but, but using that structure does allow you systematically at the beginning of the meeting to be clear, direct, straight to the point without in any way being blunt. And that, that structure is obviously explained in detail in, um, in Talk Lean. It's interesting, actually, when you did that second approach, I know I already know you, but I felt I trusted you even more. <laughs> it's, it was quite a different feel to the first thing. Have you got any more tips? I mean, a lot of the people who listen to this um, show are sort of one-man bands or small to medium-sized businesses. What, what other tips can you give us for sort of saving time in, business, in well, meetings? Well, I have. I just, I just wanted to, I want to come back um, on what you just said about, about trust there. Um, there's, a, there's a very important phenomenon that takes place at the beginning of the meeting. Until you have announced to the other person what it is that you want from them, then either you will be um, generating suspicion or, or distrust. Mm. Because there are two possibilities. Either the other person thinks they know what you want, but you haven't said it, in which case they're going to be pretty distrustful. Or they don't know what you want and you haven't said it, in which case they're going to be 
suspicious and on their guard because because they're going to be expecting um, you know you're, you're out to trap them because you you want to get something which you haven't said and that's why it's so important in terms of the trust the esteem and the confidence that you tell the other person at the beginning of the meeting what it is that you want to achieve from them from them at the end. True. Yeah. Um, a second tip for me. A huge time saver in meetings is to remind yourself that the other person has the solution. When you're trying to get something from someone, the person who best knows what you need to do in order to get it from them is them, if not you. So why don't you just ask them? It'll save you a lot of time. Um, for example, if you're in a first meeting with a prospective client, you'll save yourself a lot of time before you start going through all of your brochures, your samples, your, your sales arguments, your presentations or whatever. If you ask the prospect a simple question along the lines of, just before I start going through my presentation today, I want your help. Please tell me what in particular I need to focus on um, in this meeting to give myself the best chance of you giving me a project to work on within, say, the next six months. Now, mm. as a result of asking that question, you'll probably be able to be much more focused in your presentation and save a lot of time for which your prospect can only be very grateful, in my view. People like being asked for help, don't they? They do. They do. But, you know, we, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sales meeting, in a, in a new business prospection meeting, we all had a tendency to, to want to get out all of the arguments which we've prepared. But, you know, many of those arguments may be completely unnecessary. The, the arguments that you need to get out in a meeting and not the ones you've prepared, they're the ones that the other person needs to hear in order to be able to make his decision. And, um, you know, they, they may be a lot fewer than the ones you prepared. And, and most people will be very grateful for you saving them time in a meeting. Sure, yeah. Can I prize one last tip out of you? Okay, let's go. Um, I, think, I think another very important principle, um, which, which unfortunately most people ignore in meetings, is don't invite the other person to, to work on describing the problem, but focus instead on getting them to work on finding the solution. Um, you know, most of us, when, when faced with something we don't want to hear, uh, you know, imagine a client saying to you, for example, something like, um, you know, I, I can't sign the contract today. The, the instinctive reaction is to ask for explanations and to say, why not? Um, but that's, that's usually very counterproductive because all you're doing is inviting the other person to argue in precisely the opposite direction from the one in which you'd like them to go. And, and if you think about it, you don't really want to know why not. You actually want to know how. And with why not, all you're doing is, in any case, just trying to get the arguments out so that you can then come up with counter-arguments and hopefully get to how. So, mm. you know, in my view, it's surely more efficient and productive to skip a stage and go straight to the how by asking something, or by, by saying something along the lines of, well, you know, I'm, I'm obviously disappointed to hear that. Uh, on my side, I remain very keen on getting the contract signed today. Um, so I'd like to ask, you know, what, what can I reasonably do to have a chance of, of the contract being signed today? And, and with that, you're getting the other person's brain to start working on the solution uh, rather than um, getting, it to, getting the other person's brain to work on the, uh, on the problem. And apart from anything else, if you, if you ask that question, you know, what do I need to do so that the contract will be signed, as opposed to why won't the contract be signed, apart from anything else, you will find out immediately um, whether or not the issue in question is, is negotiable. Because you know, if, you, if you say, what do I need to do to have a chance of the contract being signed today, the other person you know, can say, there's nothing you can do. And, 
and then it's clear. Mm. Whereas if you say why not, he's going to start giving you all sorts of reasons. You still don't know whether it's negotiable or not. So, so again, it's a it's a huge time saver. So does all this apply to your personal life as well? I think I saw a reference in the book to of, of a man talking to girls in bars. Well, well, indeed, there, there, there is a reference in the uh, in the book. I didn't want to I didn't want to keep it all on business, but <laughs> but let me state that you know, totally, it's not a pickup manual. Uh, however, uh, what it is is a guide to dealing effectively with other human beings, and the human beings you deal with remain human beings, whether they're at work or at home or or in a bar or a nightclub or, or wherever. And in all of those environments, human beings like to be spoken to in the way we've already identified. They like to be spoken to in a way that's clear and direct, as long as it's also polite and courteous. So. Here's a very simple piece of advice I can give to your listeners, male or female. The next time they want to have a drink with a stranger they like the look of in a bar, you know, don't say, would you like to have a drink? Try and say, I'd really like to have a drink with you. Uh, It's more open, it's more transparent, it's more equal to equal, and as a result, in my view, it's far more appealing. Well, I say in my view, I I haven't recounted that anecdote. I, I, I like to use it in in seminars. I must have recounted that anecdote over the, uh, over the last couple of years to you know, four or five members of the opposite, sorry, four or five hundred members of the opposite sex. And they, they have all told me that that would be far more likely to result in a drink being drunk than would you like to have a drink. And, you know, the, the, exactly the same principle applies in business. Um, I want to show a product can add value to your business will always be more impactful and appealing than you know, would it be all right if I took you through my product presentation? You know, the, the first is, um, well, I think primarily it's, it's equal to equal, whereas the second is, is submissive. And I think the key to a, a successful relationship, to any successful relationship, is always that the, you know, the parties should be speaking to each other on an equal to equal basis. How do we close a meeting effectively, Alan? Um, well, I think that most people already do standard, very professional stuff at the end of the meeting. They you know, sum up, agree on next actions, etc., which they should absolutely continue doing. Um, but I think there's something very important which they should add to that. And remember that, you know, from from the beginning of our talk, one of the criteria of an efficient meeting is one which enhances the relationships between the parties. So when you've initiated a meeting, you need to know at the end of the meeting what impact your meeting and the way you handle it has had on your relationship with the other person. You know, at the end of the meeting, you can be absolutely certain that the other person leaves the meeting with an opinion on how it went. And it's surely important for you to know what that opinion is. So I suggest that you try to close your meetings by doing some quality control, you know, as well as you know, summing up next actions, etc. Do some quality control. And the, the last thing that you should ask at the end of the meeting is, uh, you know, what, what did you think of the meeting today? Or, you know, how, how did you find the meeting today? Or, or even, you know, how, how did you, what did you think about the way that I handled the meeting today? Um, if, you get a, if you get a sincere answer to that question, it'll certainly help you to improve the way you run meetings in the future. Um, if you get a negative answer, it'll, it'll allow you to retrieve the situation. You know, if, if the other person has a, has a negative opinion, it's not going to be pleasant to hear, but it's surely better to know it than not to know it. It's better that he says it to you than that he goes back to his office and, and says it to all his colleagues. Um, and if you don't get a sincere answer, and, and, and clearly 
you may not always get a sincere answer. Well, you can always probe um, if the other person says something along the lines of, well, I thought it was fine. Um, you can you can probe by asking, well, you know, please, uh, what exactly do you mean by fine? Or if in the way that he said fine, you get the feeling there was some reticence, you can say that. You know, hearing, hearing you say fine, I, I nevertheless felt some, some reticence about, uh, I felt I didn't do as good a job in the meeting as I could have done. Um, but but even, if, even if after probing you still don't get a sincere answer, then just the fact that you've asked the question, that you've presented yourself as someone with the courage to submit yourself to the judgment of the other person, I think that in itself uh, will have a positive impact on the relationship. So uh, I, I think that's a, that's a very important question to ask at the end of any meeting. You know, how, how do you feel the meeting went today? Well, Alan, thank you so much for your insights. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will find that very useful. Where can we find your book and get hold of your book and find out about you? Um, well, I think in, in all the usual places. As it happens, um, the book is actually in the, uh, in the business chart at WH Smith right now. So um, if any of your listeners are uh, uh, making a journey at the, the station at the airport, uh, there's a good chance that they'll be able to pick it up and, uh, and read it on the journey. But of course, it's, uh, it's also available online at, at Amazon and at all other online book retailers. So I hope as many of them as possible will, will go out and buy it. Alan Palmer, MD of Interactives and author of Talk Lean, Shorter Meetings, Quicker Results, Better Relations. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Andy. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three. 256 150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273 256 150. And you can leave a voice, comment, or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. <laughs> <laughs>